Welcome to another episode of Hillcrest Church's podcast called Our Stories. Our Stories podcast provides you with an opportunity to listen in on a conversation that I have with someone associated with Hillcrest Covenant Church. I'm Pastor Brad Burkfalk, Interim Lead Pastor here at Hillcrest, and I am delighted to have Wilma Riddell as my guest today. Welcome, Wilma. Thank you. Glad, glad to have you here. I think the best place to start is just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, 85 years ago, I was born in Chicago, grew up in the Midwest, and uh, essentially lived in Wheaton my uh, high school, college years, and uh, was a part of church from my very, very young age on. My dad was choir director. We were at church every time the doors opened, and I was always very active in church. We had a lot of missionaries come through our church, and from very young age, I was going to be a missionary nurse. And then I went to high school. In high school, we started a church, uh, Wheaton Evangelical Free Church, and I was a part of that for all those years. And so I worked with a youth group and did a lot of activities in church. But my future was still up in the air. So I went to college not wanting to be a nurse anymore because there were no guys in nursing school. It was back in those days, it was only women, and it was three years you couldn't get married. So I went to college and I found a man and he was going to be a missionary too. So we got engaged, but it was going to be a four year engagement because I couldn't get married until I finished. So eventually we broke up. But in those years that we were engaged, God led me into nursing uh, again because I really had sort of lost my track of nursing. And then uh, in nursing, I thought, what am I going to do? And from there on, my story gets preparation for what am I going to do the rest of my life. So that part of your story, then the kind of the preparation for nursing, you weren't clear even at that point well, where you were headed. Not headed, because before that, I was always going to go where my husband went. And now without a husband, where do you go? You have to make up your own mind what God wants you to do. Mm-hmm. And so there were so many things I could relate as circumstances, how God led me into nursing education, into the mission that I joined, into coming to Kansas City for two years before I went out to Africa to prepare myself further. I taught at University of Kansas Nursing School for a couple years. And all those are stories of how I got to that place. Very interesting way the Lord led. And all along, I never lost sight of the fact that he has given us a commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. I know these days there are a lot of people who think, well, if they have never heard, they're never going to go to hell. But that's not what the Bible said to me. And so I was always very geared to uh, missions. And then when I was on my own, making up my own decision, I thought nursing education will teach them to take care of their own people. And if I can teach them nursing and about how to share their faith, then I've multiplied myself. So that was my ultimate call to missions, nursing education. Where did you, uh, where did you end up in your first uh, missionary call? My, uh, due to a number of interesting circumstances, I joined TEAM, the Evangelical Alliance Mission, and they had openings in four hospitals. They had a nursing school established in one, And that's where I wanted to go because my friend was there and they had 
wanted to start schools in three other countries. Well, I had excuses for two of those countries, but none for the one. So when I went back to ask, they asked me, where are you going to go? And I said, well, where would you send me if I didn't really have a preference? Because I did not know what country God was calling me to. I just knew he was calling me. And they just, without a hesitation, said Southern Rhodesia. And at the time, I realized that it was where I had been sort of angling toward, but I did not want to start a nursing school. And yet I see God's hand in it all the way along the, go the, the way. And so I went to Rhodesia in 1961. And Rhodesia now Southern is called is, Zimbabwe. Is now Zimbabwe. But while I was there for 20 years, there were four name changes. It went from Southern Rhodesia, a British colony, to Rhodesia, an independent country, a part they declared independence. And then there was a year that they tried to have a coexistence with black and white government, and that was Zimbabwe, Rhodesia. And after that Lots failed, then it was Rhodesia, uh, Zimbabwe, which is your, has your been role to, this to day. build a nursing school. And I had there, a very, there was a hospital built, mm -hmm. and they wanted to train nurses. Well, nurses' training is not like it is here. Sure. It was a three-year course, but I had eighth-grade graduates to teach. Mm -hmm. And no textbooks. I had to make my own textbooks and illustrate them myself. And I had to help design the nursing school and all those kinds of things, too. But all along the way, I, I had probably over 150 students that we trained. And I still hear from some of them 40 years after I left Africa. What, so, what is that like when somebody uh, from It's so absolutely, far... it, it's humbling. It's very humbling. Because something that you did so long ago, that person still remembers and appreciates? That, that, and that they're walking with the Lord and their children are walking with the Lord and lots of, of uh, wonderful memories. Yeah. So, so that, would you say that 20 years in Rhodesia doing the nursing um, school, was you, would you have been happy? Had that been your, your calling for the rest of your life? I would have, but at the uh, I didn't say the last five years of my nursing part of, of my career, seven years really, because I worked for two years in town, we were terrorist warfare. And so we were under a lot of pressure. We, were, we had a fence around us. We were completely sealed off. The people who came in were uh, the patients. We never knew whether the patients were sympathetic to the terrorists and a lot of people call them freedom fighters so i mean it, it depends on how you want to look at them but it was a terrorizing experience and we had a lot of horrible accidents and injuries and and things related to war it was it was really war but it it, it a terrorist war is just here and there and very sporadic you never know where it's coming from and so forth so after five years of terrorist war with a lot of incidents very close to us it was decided that the hospital close so i had two more years in my term and i spent them in in the capital working for the mission in a bookstore and and were was very happy but then when I came home, I knew that it, the nursing school was over. It was, the hospital was closed. What I didn't know was that within a couple of years, they would reopen the hospital and the nursing school. But I came home, and in those two years of working in town, I had also corresponded more frequently with a fellow that I had dated back when I was teaching here in 59 and 60, and uh, we got married. So that was the third chapter of my life. 
And what was his name? Homer Anderson. And he was a, he has a heart of an evangelist. He was always witnessing. He had uh, outreach to the servicemen. Every night he'd go fetch him at the railway station and, and take him to a servicemen center where they had refreshments and film and evangelistic outreach. So when we got married, that had had to close, my hospital closed and his center had to close because they lost their lease and a lot of other factors. So we both ended our life work that God had called us to at that point, and we began a new work together. Well, that worked out nice. And was that here in Kansas City? Yeah, he lives in Kansas, had lived in Kansas City, grew up here. And uh, I had met him my first, uh, my two years that I lived here. And he went to First Covenant Church. And that was my introduction to the covenant. I had not been in the covenant before. Well, with a name like Anderson, that sounds like a a good covenant name. I have to tell you about names. My maiden name was Garziella, and I had to spell it every time I said it, of course. So the first person who heard that I was engaged to this guy from Kansas City, and they said, what will your new married name be? And I said, my mind went, Anderson, I won't ever have to spell Garziella again. <laughs> and they said with an O or an E. So it still wasn't completely free of spelling. But anyway, well, and so that in this chapter of your life, you've you've got a new husband and, and God's about to give you a new ministry. What's that? Tell us well, about that. Before we ever married, he'd sent we, we moved into Cherry Hill neighborhood. And before we ever married, he had sent letters to every single home, 165 to say with our picture on it and said, we're moving into your neighborhood and we're going to be inviting you over for meals. And, and um, we hope to get to know you and. He showed me this letter. I had never even heard of anything like this before. And um, no it, was, it was no pressure whatsoever. And so somebody said to me, said to, to Homer, are you having any adjustment problems to marriage? And he said, no, I haven't, you know, his mother had taken care of him for the, his first 50 years. Now I was taking care of him. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he hasn't had any, but I had them. I had to adjust to a totally different lifestyle because as a missionary, people come to you in the hospital setting. Mm -hmm. And I, I worked with my students and the patients, and I did go to the villages. But here, I he expected me to make phone calls. I hadn't had a phone for 20 years. Mm -hmm. You know, it just was a totally different lifestyle. But we had neighborhood potlucks, and we had ice cream socials, and we had all kinds of little things in our neighborhood for years. And uh, until he, his, he had Parkinson's for many years, and then we had to stop doing some of that. But it was a, a very different lifestyle than I was used to, and it was a, another total different chapter, but it was a wonderful chapter. He had a wonderful ministry with CBMC. They had- What is that? Christian Businessmen's Committee. They ha he started over 20 mayor's prayer breakfasts in the area, Missouri and Kansas, some still going and had outreach lunches. So he was a very evangelistic person. So tell me, there's a very popular coffee shop in town where I live called Homer's. Is there a connection between that and your husband? Yes. When he was dying, he said to me on his deathbed, make sure Jim Mathis, who was the head of CBMC at that time, gets money for the coffee shop that he wants. So I designated his memorial money to Jim's coffee shop dream. And uh, after they had made all their plans, they told me that it was going to be called Homer's, which he would never, he was very low key, very behind the scenes, but it is named after my first husband. 
Isn't that wonderful? Well, so I have a hunch that there's still a little bit um, more story to tell. Where would you like to go next in telling us how how God has sort of guided and directed your life throughout the years? In a very short time, you can never explain the steps that God uses, but he uses his word. He uses people. He uses the Holy Spirit. He uses peace. And if I had to say anything about how God led me and stopped me and started me, it was with peace. Once you search for God's will, he doesn't always write it out, certainly not for the next 10 years, but you think you're walking where you need to walk. And if I've gotten a little bit off the path and have no peace, I know that I'm not where I was supposed to be. So step by step at every one of these steps along the road, I had uh, my broken engagement. I even had two of them. And it was because I had no peace that this was really what God wanted for the rest of my life. And I have had two wonderful marriages. After Homer died a few years later, I married Bill Riddell and uh, inherited five wonderful children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. So I'm, I'm a very blessed woman. Obviously, Homer and I never had children. We didn't marry till middle age. And uh, so that whole chapter is a, another chapter of my life. But my last chapter, uh, after we'd been married 10 years, Bill decided that maybe we should move into Covenant Retirement Community, which was being built at the time. So we were the, among the first to move into where we are living now. Which is I called Westchester now. Now, now it's a Covenant sold it to, to Westchester Village of Lenexa. So that's where I've been for the last... Uh, eight years, I guess. No, no, since 2013, when however many years that is. Can you talk a little bit about your ministry in Westchester? Because I know you have an active ministry there. Well, the we've had a chaplain, of course, and so I've always been the assistant sort of to the chaplain. I play the piano. I uh, help organize the speakers for our Wednesday service and had a lot of things that I did. But then with COVID, our chaplain hasn't been there for over 10 months. And we are locked out from the other two sections. So I, unfortunately, I can only have a telephone ministry with people over there. But I have had the privilege of being able to get together 10, 15 people. We wear masks, we social distance, but we have a Bible study devotion kind of thing on a Wednesday, which used to be a preaching service. And then we have a, a Friday afternoon hymn sing, and we have a Sunday afternoon service, and I've been privileged to be able to do that. It's not by choice, not, not because I'm really a great speaker, but there was nobody else to come forward to do it. So I do have something that I have has kept me very busy and in the Word, and, and uh, so I've been enjoying so, it. So, Wilma, as we kind of wrap up this conversation, you've, you've had a rich and varied life. There's... I can, reading between the lines, there's been some painful times in the midst of that, as is true for all of us. But if someone in listening to this um, is sort of struggling with their faith and wanting to know, you know, where God might be leading them in the future, what advice would you have for them? Dig into God's word. Surround yourself with people who can encourage you to search for yourself do all the investigation that you can do and, and pray very, very specifically about each decision that you make. 
because without God's peace, we don't know what our next step is. And sometimes it's just a little step that totally changes the direction of our life and to be open to the Holy Spirit. And that's how you've lived your life. You, and you've I've modeled that stepped, for us. stepped off the path a number of times, and he's just drawn me back because of the lack of peace. Thank you, Wilma, for taking the time to share your story with us this afternoon. If you have a story to tell that you think others in our congregation would like to hear, please send us an email at info at hillcrestcove.org, and we will look forward to hearing your story on a future episode of Our Stories podcast here at Hillcrest Covenant Church. I'm Pastor Brad Burkfalk. Thank you, Wilma. Mm-hmm.